Hi everyone, welcome to the Cyber Empowerment Podcast. My name is Aaron Tung, and I'm a rising senior at Bellevue High School in Washington State. This will be the first episode of a series I'll be doing where we'll be learning all about cybersecurity and other related fields with interviews with different industry experts. We will be learning more about some of the different career paths in the IT industry and we'll be going beyond the technical knowledge and we'll be discussing the societal and ethical implications of cybersecurity. And finally, we'll also be discussing diversity and inclusiveness and we'll explore how we can create a more inclusive and diverse industry. I'm expecting this podcast to run every week or so and Each episode will be around roughly 30 minutes. And this podcast is directed towards current and aspiring students in computer science. Today, I have the honor to be here with Rodolfo Hinojosa. Rodolfo is a cybersecurity expert and is currently working as the director of product security at Remitly and has also worked at some of the largest companies in the world, including Salesforce, Microsoft, Oracle, and Amazon. Rodolfo has been in the cybersecurity industry for well over a decade now, and we're really glad glad to have him on the podcast today. Rodolfo, would you like to take a moment to introduce yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me today, Aaron. Uh, This is Rodolfo Flores, you know, who's a, I mean, uh, I have been in the cybersecurity space for over 10 years. Uh, The primarily area that I focus on is is cloud security um, and I currently uh, am a director of product security in a fintech industry at Remitly. And well, it has been a uh, has been a long long time I have been in this space. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, to start us off today, high schoolers and um, really students in general nowadays are taking a lot more interest in information technology and many of them aspire to launch their own careers in this field. And considering the rise of cyber threats and increasing demand for cybersecurity experts, understanding the concept of cybersecurity has become even more crucial. And as you yourself have been in the cybersecurity industry for over a decade now, what is your definition of cybersecurity? Yeah, so for me, it's the the art of protecting against uh, unintended changes uh, by actors. Uh, monitoring, you know, the relevant changes and managing risks for our digital assets. Um, that's pretty much, uh, I will say, the definition that I use. Yeah, that definition will definitely provide some clarity for uh, us high schoolers. I think a lot of us think that cybersecurity is, you know, just not sharing your password with, with your friends or not clicking on bad links in your email. But it's actually a lot more than that. So moving on to a more personal perspective, I'm sure a lot of our viewers would love to know uh, how you were first introduced to this field. So how did you get started in cybersecurity and tech in general? And can you share your uh, initial challenges and how you overcame those challenges? Yeah, so I mean, it started very early in my life. I think the first time I started getting into cybersecurity and learning about it and experiment with it 
was uh, when I first got infected by a virus back when I was in elementary school, about sixth grade. Man, uh, I got really annoyed because all my photos and music files were being uh, were being deleted. So I was like, "Why? What? What? What is happening?" You know, because back then, you know, uh, I mean, having an antivirus was literally a luxury. Um, it didn't come free, <laughs> so uh, so I had to learn the the wrong way. You know, I was navigating to websites, downloading things, trying learning. Uh, and I wasn't learning necessarily cybersecurity. I was just like, oh, there's a there's a free game. Let's download it. You know, things like that. And uh, but ultimately, I guess I downloaded the virus, got infected, and I really got annoyed. And I think that really set me for trying to be really curious about how this works, what other kind of viruses exist, and those things. I think the name of the virus was, if my memory doesn't fail, I think it's I love you. It's a worm. Um, but it, I mean, I, I forgot. I mean. Could be, uh, could be another one. Um, <laughs> then naturally, the curiosity also driving to learn about Trojans, which uh, back in the day, the, one of the popular ones was Sub7. Um, and well, the rest is the story. Um, you know, one I still remember one of my best friends who is actually also in the cybersecurity space in Germany. Uh, he challenged me in middle school, like, hey, can you can you get me, can you get my Hotmail, Hotmail password? You know, and um, and I was like, yeah, sure. So I start, you know, diving deep into how can I hack, you know, a Hotmail password. <laughs> and I was like, and I learned, and that's when I started learning about uh, phishing, you know, into, okay, you can build a, a very simple website um, and it was very easy to clone and uh, you can just select a place where you want that to be sent. And that's exactly how I got into it. So I got into fishing back in middle school and that naturally gave me the chance to do the first presentation in the computer science class about how how to uh, how easily to steal passwords, you know, from other students through phishing. Um, then later in high school, uh, I focused more on network security and very, and very got in depth with FreeBSD and the basics around network security in particular uh, Doxis uh, 1.1, which is the protocol that um, imp- empowers a lot of the cable modem technology for those who are using uh, cable to connect to the internet. Uh, and then lastly, uh, during university, uh, I was more learning about how to build my sophisticated tools uh, and focusing more towards web security, like you know, cross-site scripting, SQL injection, and those things, and building my first exploits. Uh, you know, that we're actually from scratch versus uh, tune a little bit something you download from the internet. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's certainly quite the journey from a curious elementary school student to now a very seasoned cybersecurity expert. So I'm sure many of us have had similar experiences to you in getting hacked, but nowadays, maybe more in the form of getting our Instagram accounts compromised and our uh, Snapchat accounts compromised. And I can't even begin to tell you the amount of times I would log in to Instagram and see a funny DM from one of my friends and realizing they got their account compromised. So my question to you is, do you have any practical tips to keep our social media accounts safe? Yeah, uh, I mean, I can walk you through some of the examples of how I have seen uh, people I know getting their accounts compromised. Uh, I, I think the number one is sharing the password. 
you know, I mean, uh, it's very easy to to share the password uh, with your friends or, you know, ex-girlfriend or girlfriend, you know, I mean, uh, the loved ones. Uh, but ultimately, sometimes that can go south. I mean, they, they can share the password again or, uh, or their computer can be compromised or, or they can get angry and do something that it was not intended to, you know, to be used for that. So step number one, you know, phase number one, never share that password. Doesn't matter. Yeah, what well, doesn't matter the excuse, you know, or anything like that. Just just don't do it. It's, it's your private life. Uh, keep it private for yourself. Um, and then the, the other piece is uh, enabling multi-factor authentication. So remember the, the case of phishing that I mentioned in the past, like um, with, with phishing, you know, uh, one of the ways that uh, is, well, one, one of the many ways you can, uh, you can do uh, to secure your account is using multi-factor, right? Whenever you get a text message uh, in addition to your password, or you can use, uh, I mean, Juby keys as well, which are more strong, uh, or your phone, right, to, to do the authentication. That, that is the, the ideal case. But even just enable an SMS verification, let's say the basic, it will tremendously help you because one of the ways many hackers do is when people reuse passwords, uh, that is eventually one of the websites that will get compromised, right, of the many that you reuse the password. Um, and then you can Google it. I mean, there is a there is a website that uh, if you type your email, it, it will try to search if your password has already been leaked or compromised on the many of the websites that have been compromised. Um, and what it's going to allow you to do is, uh, if you if you if you have the two-factor authentication, even your password get leaked, the hacker still needs uh, to get that SMS text, right? And, and he doesn't have that. So, um, so yeah, just, just enable the two factor out on that. Uh, you know, that's the second tip. The third is definitely make your unique passwords, you know, per website. Uh, so make them very unique, uh, try to use phrases. That's the, the easiest way I encourage everybody like use phrases that are goals that you're trying to meet that will remind you to that website. And then just add some numbers and special digits, you know, there is so many special characters you can use from the one to eight, you know, there is like, a, uh, well, there is so many uh, special characters you can use um, that are in your, your keyboard. Uh, so you start using at least two or three of them and try to make phrases that are unique. Um, so not, if you, and if you use phrases and goals, what it's going to encourage you is that every time you type it, it's going to remind you and encourage you to meet that goal, right? And whatever it is that goal is. Um, and then uh, and that's the third. And then the fourth one is, you know, uh, whenever you're navigating uh, on the internet and it's asking for your password, make sure to go to the URL at the top and make sure that it has the lock symbol or its green bar. You know, depends if you're using Google Chrome or Firefox or Safari. I mean, all of them are slightly different, but uh, you will be easily recognized if it has the lock or not. And if it's, you know, google.com or netflix.com or like exactly the, the URL that you expect to type your password on. So uh, that is the definitely the fourth tip. And lastly, the last one is just, just avoid downloading apps that you don't know what they do. I mean, um, I still remember a lot of people getting compromised because uh, they wanted to learn how to hack and they wanted to hack 
someone and they knew and what they did is to just go to Google and say, how can I hack a Facebook profile? And there's, of course, there's going to be a hacker out there saying, this is how you can do it. Download this app and it's going to do it, everything for you. Well, never, it's never that easy. Like <laughs> it, it requires a, a lot of pieces and whistles to, to make it work, right? I mean, um, and uh, so just download, don't download things that you don't know uh what the apps do and try to keep your computer clean from that because uh in that way the hacker doesn't need to it only needs to trick you to download a virus instead of having to actually uh design a virus that will take advantage of your, of your computer without you knowing that is that uh i mean how to take advantage how to exploit it so uh just you know keep your computer clean from from that kind of things so, so there you go. There are some great and simple tips to stay safe on our technology. There are definitely some dangerous and maybe uh, scary consequences. But using things like multi-factor authentication or making sure you don't reuse your passwords, like you said, are a very easy way to stay safe on the internet. So um, switching gears a little bit, According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, almost 70% of security analysis are white. We're living in an increasingly diverse world, and I think that representation matters in all fields, including cybersecurity. So as, as you yourself are a part of a minority group working in cybersecurity, have you faced any specific challenges in your career um, as a result of your ethnic background? And maybe can you share some of your experiences and how you overcame those challenges? Yeah, um, so I, I think uh, the, the way I look at it is, well, I'm, I'm Mexican. I, I was born in, um, in Mexico in a very small town called Laredo, Nuevo Laredo in the Mexico side. Um, and um, and well, over there, you know, the, the first challenge I encountered was like, well, if you want to learn about computer science and cybersecurity, you, you got to learn English, right? Uh, you gonna, you need to learn that language. So that, that was the first barrier for me, you know, just to get into this space. Um, I mean, I'm very grateful that uh, in Mexico, pretty much, you know, many schools have English as a second language. And it's most of the time is required after middle school or in middle school. So uh, that was the first barrier that I have to go through. Uh, most of the resources are in English. And then second is, you know, in my hometown, even if you even if you learn English and you're navigating on the internet and, and be a, and learning by yourself, uh, getting a job in that space or something like that, it, it is very, it is very hard, you know, because even my hometown, I mean, don't, don't have tech jobs, you know, there uh, and cybersecurity jobs are like also non-existent. So it was more towards go to a major city where it's more likely to have those. Um, and that's how I slowly start to overcome those challenges, right? Uh, so for example, for the job, I mean, it, what really helped me was uh, to number one, get into the big city. Uh, number two, uh, start the social, social networking with people. Uh, in my case, one of the pieces that really benefited me from getting my first job was uh, was to actually uh, lead the security group of, uh, in the university. And, and yeah, I mean, that really helped me because whenever, 
there was security questions or jobs in regards to security and, and I was going to the university. I mean, there's always somebody calling like, hey, you want to be an intern? Do you want to, you know, you want to try for this position and things like that? Uh, so really the, the networking really helps a lot. So just keep networking, you know, and, and attending to large conferences and so on. Uh, or even lo local local conferences, right? I mean, uh, or small conferences. But the idea is to meet people. You never know which who's going to give you the next opportunity, and uh, <laughs> it can be right there, laying in front of you, and you just have to take it, you know. So yeah, I think uh, that's actually how I ended up at Microsoft. Um, they, they call Microsoft called the university, and they were like open for uh, looking for someone in security and. That's how I got my, my first job. So, yeah. So you've definitely faced your fair share of challenges throughout um, your own career. So do you think the cybersecurity industry has done a good job at addressing people with challenges such as yours? And do you think they could do better? Yeah, uh, I think the industry is, is trending on the right direction. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of uh, groups and minorities being more inclusive. Uh, in fact, some conferences been in other languages and security. I mean, pretty much in the world, uh, that is really helping uh, on that side to to be and make it more accessible to everyone in the world. Because back in the day, the knowledge for literally security was only in English. It was primarily based in the U.S. and things like that. But nowadays, um, you can go to many places, uh, and they will very likely be in the major cities at least once a year. You know, a local conference in cybersecurity, in your local language with uh, with local people and so on. Um, well, I'm I'm really excited on on the direction that the industry has been taking. You know, there's even specialized conferences for people that are minorities, uh, uh, like me, uh, into that space. In fact, uh, the company that I work with, we actually went there and recruit people from there, you know, to do the, to see what talent is there and things like that. So. I think it's going in the right direction overall. And I truly believe that the diversity really, really helps uh, the outcomes. You know, the diversity of opinions will definitely give you a much better product. It will get you uh, a much more secure state because, you know, it's the, 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 the that, that's really what I think is, is the secret in there and the benefit of it. Yeah, I definitely couldn't agree more with you. I really do feel like as you said, uh, diverse viewpoints from a diverse group of people can really help drive success and also innovation. And, you know, hearing about your, your own journey, I'm sure many of our young, young listeners are probably wondering, what, what, what should they do to jumpstart their own careers in cybersecurity? So what advice do you have for that? Uh yeah, I think the number one is to write down your, your goals, right? And, and that applies to everything, not only cybersecurity, but like uh, write down where you want to go. Uh, in my case, uh, one of the first things I wrote when I was in a late middle school or high school, I don't remember exactly when I did it, but it was somewhere in there. In my notebook, I wrote that I wanted to work for, for Bill Gates uh, at Microsoft. And the reason for that is because uh, he put a, a personal computer in every single home. And I think, I thought back then, like, it was a very cool thing. And it was, a, I mean, he he's a very visionary person. So uh, the, I literally wrote that, you know, and that was one of the things I put down. Uh, the other piece is, you know, I wanted to achieve something big. Um, and I didn't know what big was back then. 
but I think for me right now, it was, you know, contribute to the AWS cloud and the cloud industry for as a security engineer for many of the products. Uh, another piece that I wrote there was, uh, you know, I wanted to join a small company and then later on, uh, eventually built a, a, a company, right? I don't know when I'm going to be building the, the company or anything. Could be in the 50s, could be in the 60s, could be in the, in the 40s. I just don't know, but I know I want to do it. Think about it like your bucket list, you know, when you go, when I think uh, I'm a very person that, you know, has bucket lists and things that I want to achieve in life. Um, and I think when it comes into careers, it's the same way. Um, uh, on that side, like just, just write it down. Uh, even if it's ambiguous and it's only like three or four sentences, trust me, just write it down and, and things that, you know, you start to get it focused. Um, and then, you know, be open to different opinions and, and focus on outcomes and goals you want to achieve. So um, at, at many times in, in my life, you know, I think uh, I should have listened to other people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it will have saved me a lot of trouble uh, in, in decisions I made in the past. So especially when, when, when people that have run, that have walked through the same path, you know, that, that you're about to walk through, um, be open to what they what they recommend and what they learn. Um, I think ultimately uh, everybody has its own destiny, and I don't believe that you need to uh, follow 100% what other people are following because everybody's life is different, and your life is different, your path is different, and you own your own destiny. But at least be open. Uh, hear hear uh, how was the journey. Uh, and then take take what works for you and what doesn't work for you, and 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 ultimately, you know, uh, make your own path in your life and, and your career. Uh, the third one is, you know, follow people that you admire um, and that you can learn from. I mean, if you can connect with them, that's great. Uh, if you cannot connect with them, you know, follow them on social media, see what they say, uh, what made them successful. Uh, from the things you want to achieve, how they overcome those challenges, right? And, and many of them will be very open to share it, you know? Uh, so just just go for it, you know? Um, the other one is in the road of success, there are a lot of failures and failing is just one step closer to succeed, you know? So don't panic uh, when things go out uh, on half the way of your, of your career uh, don't panic. It's all fine. You know, uh, figure out what is the thing that is going wrong. Make a plan, and uh, and and steer towards the right direction. Uh, so, on that side, always remember that when things go out, it's because you're one more step to get close to succeed. I, I have never met anyone in my life that have succeeded in their life either as an entrepreneur or in their career that can tell me like it was a beautiful garden, you know, butterflies all the way along uh, their career. They all have ups and downs and, and, and just the sooner you realize that it's just part of the journey, uh, the less, uh, you know, the less toll it will take on you. Uh, and then lastly is don't surrender, you know, keep walking, keep going forward. I mean, um, keep learning, you know? Um, so yeah, those, those are the things I will highly recommend for people to, to jumpstart into it. Yeah, those are definitely some great tips for us high schoolers to keep in mind as we progress onto our own careers. 
So Rodolfo, I'm sure you're aware of the skill gap in the cybersecurity field. And with the demand for cybersecurity experts now nearly matching the number of unfilled positions, how do you think we can attract more students into this field? And do you think maybe making a cybersecurity courses mandatory in high school would be an effective strategy for this? Yeah, so the way I look at it in cybersecurity is that, I mean, I don't think it's any longer an option. You know, I think over the course of time, we're becoming more and more reliant on digital things, right? I mean, the phone to do certain actions, uh, the computers, you know, to build things. I mean, back in the day, uh, 20, 25 years ago, maybe we weren't that reliant, right? I mean, people were still using notebooks to to make appointments and, and track things. Uh, if you wanted to do a marketing campaign, you will call, you know, the local radio, TV station, uh, and that's how you used to do marketing campaign, you know? I mean, <laughs> uh, it, you didn't have to rely too much on technology per se. Nowadays, it's totally the opposite. You know, you use social media to make marketing campaign uh, as the number one. I think uh, I've been super successful across a, a lot of people just to use their Instagrams uh, and or Facebook uh, channels. Um, people use online appointment tools, you know, to manage their schedule. Uh, and they just become more and more reliant on technology. Uh, and I cannot imagine the moment that uh, does, that goes south, you know, how it will impact uh, the business. I mean, each business is different. Um, and then you can go into more, more, I will say more extreme cases, you know, where like in the hospitals and those things, now even the life support devices are even computers. Like, so, uh, or even your money, you manage your money, it's all digital. I mean, back in the day, we used to, we used to I mean, even today, we still use dollar. It's like printed currency uh, or fiat. Uh, we still use it, but, uh, you know, more and more, we just rely on a credit card or, you know, you just tap your card, you know, and magically it gets paid. Yeah. Uh, however it's getting paid, we don't know, but it's getting paid. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I think cybersecurity and at least the basics of cybersecurity uh, is becoming more and more important to just be part of the education, you know, the, the same way it was computer science uh, and things like that. Now it is cybersecurity because we just rely so much on that technology. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's why I will highly recommend to have cybersecurity, you know, soon in their in the education at least high school i will say yeah yeah we, we we would i think most of us would definitely not want someone stealing our credit card or <laughs> going through our private information so so what do you think you know maybe some other consequences that could happen on a personal level for an everyday person what what are some other consequences that could happen because of uh, a cybersecurity incident. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think is is mostly the when it comes into personal life, right? I, I think that is where more people get associated with it. I mean, uh, back in the days, you know, in in my generation, we used to write it in a notebook and then we share the notebook. Right? Instead, um, you wanted to share, but things that maybe are private, but you don't want to share with too many people. 
Uh, nowadays, everything is on the social media. You will be sending a picture to other people. You will be sending messages to other people, and, and you don't. And Snapchat, I think, was a social media that was very creative to make it disappear, right? Because you didn't want it to be shared, um, and uh, you just wanted to have the recipient to see it because you were in a big party or because you didn't invite certain guests because you, you didn't want them to come alongside, um, etc. So. Uh, just imagine what will happen if all of those things go leak, you know, <laughs> uh, for some people, it can be really, really stressed out, you know, like, oh, my God, did that person get to know about X and Y? Like, oh, my God, what happened? Oh, well, somebody got, le you know, somebody got compromised and they took, you know, they dumped all the conversation online uh, or they dump pictures online uh, and and it's like, oh, no, like, that's that's not great, you know. Um, so. I think uh, that is where it's gonna it's having a lot of impact in in, in people's life, right? And and taking some basic uh, cybersecurity uh, measurements to protect your personal life and privacy is super important. Uh, I mean, let alone all the uh, infrastructure and other pieces that are in the in business today, right? That can have impacted by poor security practices. So, yeah. I definitely think these are some things that almost everyone everyone should be aware of and know, but I feel like sometimes, just from a personal perspective, from my perspective, I feel like a lot of high schoolers and people in general are unaware of, even among like the tech-savvy high schoolers, there seems to be you know a gap in understanding of the potential risks in the cyberspace. Do you think the cybersecurity industry could maybe better convey the impact of cyber threat, cybersecurity threats to the public? Yeah, I think definitely the um, making awareness and campaign about the impact of things that are actually happening in day-to-day -day life, I think is very important. You know, um, it, it's, it, it's hard to associate uh, things that are like, oh, yeah, one bank on compromise or, you know, the power plant uh, is not, I mean, what's offline for a few hours because they got infected with ransomware or like that. But but I think we can do a much better job at uh, bringing re real cases day to day. I mean, I think uh, I have known many people in my, in my life from a close uh, uh, social network that uh, they have been compromised <laughs> because they either share their their passwords or you know uh, or yeah they downloaded something in their computers and get infected and and, and things like that. So uh, I think definitely the industry and and more more importantly I think the education system needs to start making those aware with with real cases that happen and with real I mean how will that affect me as a person and what can I do in my control? Um, yeah. and, and I think the one that associates the most uh, when I'm doing awareness and campaign is definitely their social media accounts and those things because pretty much everyone has known somebody that has been compromised uh, at some point and, and some of their private uh, life has been shared, like either private messages or, you know, things like that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Rodolfo. No. Do you have any final tips for our listeners um, to, to stay safe on the internet? Yes, 
Number one, don't share your password. Don't share your password. Don't share your <laughs> password. Doesn't yeah. matter. You know, I mean, there's many ways you can uh, you can resolve the problem, whatever problem you are. Just don't share it. You know, um, and then uh, uh, enable multi-factor authentication. Make sure that every time you log in, you know, it requires an SMS text or something uh, that will definitely weigh, be way more secure. Uh, and also do not reuse passwords, you know, uh, make sure your password is unique uh, per website or or app that you're using. Uh, and yeah, and, you know, check the browser, uh, check the browser URL every time you're navigating to a website. Do not download, you know, apps that you don't trust, um, especially if you're trying to hack somebody else. Uh, and, and you're just Googling, how can I hack the Facebook of my friend? And, and somebody says, oh, I just need to download an app uh, and it's gonna just going to work. Like, just, just don't do that. It's very likely it's just a virus. And the person that's going to get hacked is you. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, I, I will say, you know, so, some basic uh, cybersecurity education is, is very important. Uh, and, you know, the, the industry has jobs for all kinds of personalities and skill sets all the way from those who like to uh, be on the fired rail on incidents you know like oh my god we are getting compromised how can i you know uh, prevent this from happening there is literally an incident response organization in many of the companies that that's their job function uh, to respond to emergencies uh, there's also those who like more builders and they build security tooling automation the, the software developers that specialize in security. Uh, and then there are the, the ones that love to architect and so on. And well, if you're into artificial intelligence and you always want to be on the, uh, on the newest of the newest, I mean, you can always be uh, working in artificial intelligence and specialize in cybersecurity. At the end of the story, it's a field on it, you know? I mean, and it has a lot of challenges right now because it's, it's becoming a really, uh, a really hot topic in the industry. So, yeah. Thank you for your time today, Rodolfo. It was really great hearing from you, and it was an honor to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you very much, Aaron, for having me uh, in your podcast. And yeah, uh, have a wonderful day. <laughs> you too. <laughs>